to help support this podcast and get exclusive bonus content and rewards, make a monthly pledge at patreon.com slash universe box. And, and remember, remember to, to think, think outside. outside. Tonight on Universe Box. Juggalo's March on Washington. CEO needed for Cards Against Humanity. And we say goodbye to a legend. This is Universe Box. I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne-Marie Desimone. This is Universe Box for January 26, 2017. And we are back here on another Thursday night, 8.30 p.m. EST at live.universebox.com to talk to you about all sorts of entertainment news. All sorts of things. I, and we, we do have uh, some chatters with us. We do. Uh, we Monica, have Monica. Monica just hopped in the chat. Welcome, Monica. Welcome, Monica. But uh, we love our chat room. And uh, for, for our fan cast, it's usually a bit more robust. Yeah, we would say. like this to be a little bit more robust. Yeah, but I, uh, you know. Bring a friend. We, we always get a nice crowd in here to talk about entertainment news, which is what we talk about on this show. We don't talk about the universe. We talk about the news. Oh, also we have Talking to We in there and talking Angel. Talking to We and Angel. Why are they not appearing on my list? Yay, friends. Yes, we love having friends. Live.universebox.com or twitch.tv slash universebox, which we just switched over to. So you're going to want to get a username. And if follow us. If you don't have us. one already. Yeah, definitely follow us. I mean, you'll find out why that's very important later on. Uh, but before we get into the main discussion, Anne-Marie, we have an announcement, right? We have, we, we're full of announcements these days. We are full of announcements. We would like to introduce the boxies. The boxies! So we're doing it. Basically, we decided, forget award show season, we're making mm -hmm. our own award show. We are. So we now introduce to you the boxies. The boxies. Um, so we are going to be opening a link for nominations for our like 10-ish categories yeah, you for can one get, week. You can get that link over at the show notes at universebox.com or just go to bit.ly slash UBAwards. And here, I'll show you the... Uh, it's just a Google form. Oh, yeah, the, there's a Google Doc. Hold on. We'll no, get to the Google form no. here in a second. There it is. There we go. Yeah, it's just a Google form. And you can go in here and... Uh, Type in anything you want. You can come back and submit again and yeah. again and again. You don't have to log in or anything. Yeah, right, right now you're just nominating things to potentially be nominated. Um, you know, you know, and then what we're going to do is, uh, you have to get your nominations in by next Wednesday, February 1st at 7 PM so EST. We can, so we can tabulate all sorts of things. Yeah. We're going to sit down. Uh, first of all, I, I mean, we'll probably give more weight if things show up multiple times. Like if a bunch of people nominate Batman v Superman, it's going to be more likely to be on the final list of nominations, right. but we're also going to make sure to pick things that we've seen so we can or talk to about see them. things that are heavily nominated over the next week. So the next week we'll announce uh, all of the final nominees, the short list, the if short you will list, yes. on this show. And then, the week after that, we'll do the awards We'll ceremony. do a special awards ceremony. We, yeah, we'll get all dressed up. I'll wear a tie. Uh, you wear a tie almost every day. I do. It's fine, though. <laughs> uh, over in the chat room, uh, Angel says, Hi, Bill. Did you do something new? Uh, no, not really. This is just... You know, his I, regular I just, beautiful I hair. I didn't fix my hair today. That's all. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the boxies bit.ly slash UB awards. Go over there. Nominate your favorite stuff. Our, our categories are best movie, best TV show, best book, best album, best episode of a TV show, best actor uh, and best actress for movies and television. Uh, best tech gadget slash product slash breakthrough. I think video games would also fit in that category and uh, best fictional character your favorite Any fictional fa character across all of media from the entertainment year. and things so yeah it, it really kind of kind of covers the width and breadth of everything we cover on all of mm -hmm. our shows so it's going to be a lot of fun 
<laughs> I, you know, for sure, for sure. Over in the chat room, Monica says, I forgot my homework. Uh, Cabot's seriously sharp cheddar and Denmark winters don't fear the reaper uh, for her favorite cheese, cheese and cover song. Okay. From last week. I was like, I remembered the cheese, but I had no idea what the rest of it was. Yeah, but we're very excited for the boxes. Can't wait to share that with you Absolutely. all. And, and have a good time with it. We'll be fancy. Okay, so uh, now it's time to look into the world of television and serialize streaming storytelling in Televisionary. Okay, now our first story here is a little, little on little the downer side, but we felt we had to talk about it. What is so it? So TV honors Mary Tyler Moore. At the age of 80, Mary Tyler Moore passed away on January 25th. She was mm. a trailblazing and inspirational actress and is going to be honored through various TV specials and marathons on channels like PBS, CBS, and MeTV. Yes, Mary Tyler Moore passed away uh, last night. I, uh, you know, it's, it's very sad. I, I, I've always been a big fan of uh, both her show and the Dick Van Dyke show, mm-hmm. uh, both the Mary Tyler Moore show and the Dick Van Dyke show. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, her show, uh, the Mary Tyler Moore show, is a big part of the reason I wanted to work in local television because when, that's I, fun. when I was really young, I wanted to be a print journalist because that's what Clark Kent was, right? And then Mary Tyler Moore came around on Nick at Night and I started watching and I was like, you know, it must be really exciting to work in a local newsroom like that. And, you know, lo and behold, a few decades later i'm working more or less in local news uh so you know after hearing the news yesterday i ended up watching a few episodes of the dick van dyke show uh last night uh to mary's credit uh in the episodes i watched one of them was the one where alan brady is having a documentary made about him is it the wig one is it the wig one no it's not the wig one because uh, the wig one would be fantastic but alan brady is having a documentary made about his his life to make him seem like a cool normal person mm-hmm. and so he invites himself over uh for Millie and Jerry's anniversary party at the Petri's house. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Mary Tyler Moore did a really good job. And, and she was always a standout performance on that show, mm-hmm. particularly when they would put on a show within the show. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they had to do some sort of charity function or Alan Brady's sick, so we have to do the Alan Brady show, just us. Right. You know, I, that sort of thing. And it, that was very impressive considering how young she was. I think she was in her mid 20s. She had at the time, been, yeah. a, and the talent of all the other players around her—the Dick mm-hmm. Van Dykes, Maury Amsterdam, Carl Reiner, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Rose—ah, I just blanked on Sally, the actress who plays Sally. It's Rose something or another, uh, but you know, all very—they'd been in the business for decades. They'd been in vaudeville. They'd been—they'd done things. Big stars in their own time, and she's like, "Hi." <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of like I don't know. Uh, like a Disney Channel star wandering onto the set of a Martin Scorsese p- picture and blowing Robert De Niro off the screen with that would be the impressive. Talent. So yeah, I would it, like to, I would actually like to see that. It was back in the day too. <laughs> uh, you know, in uh, Dick Van Dyke uh, put out a big uh, statement about the death of Mary Tyler Moore today. I just wanted to pull the uh, little quote out here. He says she was the best. We always said that we changed each other's lives for the better. <sighs> uh, yeah, and if if you want to. there's a oh what is it um still moving um the dick van dyke book Mm -hmm. there's a big section on the dick van dyke show in there with a lot of really good stories about him and mary tyler moore and about how he uh like she tried to quit smoking Mm -hmm. and she was getting very very kind of like edgy on set and he went out and bought her a pack of cigarettes and was like no start smoking again because we we have to work (laughs) you know so a lot of fun stuff a lot of fun stuff but what are your thoughts 
So Mary Tyler Moore was a huge part of my childhood because my mother was a devout fan of Nick at Night as well, and so was I. Uh, Mary Tyler Moore and Dick Van Dyke Show. We were we always watched them like they were they were our favorites. Those mm-hmm. were our those were our people. That's what I grew up watching. Like I didn't I didn't know they were old shows at the time. Mm-hmm. It was really weird. Like when I realized that uh, Nick at Night was old stuff, I was like, oh. <laughs> okay, I well, just, they're, they're uh, not making new episodes. They're not. Yeah, it's not a new season of that. Uh, but she literally could turn the world on with her smile, and mm-hmm. I just, I just loved it. And I, I think it's hilarious the um, connection that they had to make Mary Tyler Moore on her show a single lady, and they couldn't make her divorced or anything because mm-hmm. people would think she divorced Dick Van Dyke, and it would be well, drama. See, and- I if I remember correctly, that wasn't an actual conscious choice they made. That's something that. She had to say in interviews after the show released because so many people were like, why did you divorce Rob? Because, I mean, that was still in sort of the nascent days of television. And a lot of times people wouldn't necessarily connect that it it wasn't a real thing they were watching. They were like, oh, they're totally really married. Right. And I mean, I mean, there were other shows back on back then, like uh, Burns and Allen, where they actually were married, but they were also a comedic duo. Mm. So, uh, you know, confusion can be I could see understandable that. I could at some points. But yeah, it was just, it was something that me and my mom always watched. So mm-hmm. love it and we'll miss yeah. her. Rip Mary Tyler Moore. <laughs> As uh, Angel says over in the chat room, Rip Mary, Mary Tyler Moore. And uh, Wynn, sa- Wynn talking to we says, uh, Mary Tyler Moore shows were definitely part of my generation, but I was oddly never into them. Like her, liked her dramatic roles later though. So that's mm-hmm. an interesting perspective because you, you, you've heard so much love about the, the shows uh-huh. over the past 24 hours or so. Yeah. And not a lot of people are actually talking about her more, her, her, her other stuff. Work. Yeah. Right. Although I did think it was interesting and I didn't know this until he tweeted something out about it, but mm-hmm. I guess her and Michael Keaton did a sketch comedy show in the late 70s. Well, that would have been entertaining. Which I need to find some episodes of at some point because he was like, you know, she was a great castmate and everything. I was like, castmate? So I Googled Mary Tyler Moore and Michael Keaton <laughs> and then uh, they then found out the truth. The truth of the matter. Now I need to see it. That must have been after his, uh, mm-hmm. his stint as a crew member on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Which huh. is where he got his start because he w- he went to what's that acting school in Pittsburgh? You oh. know, uh, Carnegie Mellon, maybe. Yeah, that's just no. a big fancy college. There, there's a school there that's known for acting, and he, that's where he went uh, to study acting. But, I think it was Carnegie. Okay, Mellon. I, we we've gotten squirreled. We've gotten down a deep Squirrel! dark hole. <laughs> uh, Squirrel. Why don't we move on to the next story? What's the next story? Anyway? Uh, NFL owner urges the. No, yeah, NFL owner urges the NFL to reduce commercial breaks. The owner of the Baltimore Ravens, uh, Steve Biscotti, ooh, Biscotti, um, is coming out against the extreme amount of ads shown during NFL games. He says it doesn't take a genius to figure out that nobody wants to see two minutes of commercials come back, kick the ball, and then go for a minute and a half of commercials. He blames the NFL's declining ratings on the high amount of advertisements, ignoring the fact that most people are just waiting around for ci- waiting around for cyborgs to start playing with pigskin. Well, I mean, that's what everybody wants, right? They they wow. want, they want the, the cyborg football league, the, the CFL, wow. not the XFL, not the NFL, the CFL, cyborg football league. Okay. So Emery, what'd you think about this? Um, <laughs> he says, because I forgot to put in a point. Yeah, she didn't put her notes. I completely, it, it was a late edition of stories. Um, I hate commercials when I'm watching football because I actually watch the football. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have made my viewing of the Steelers game last week a little bit better, <clears throat> though it didn't end well. Uh, and you know what? I'm going to blame that. Let's actually go back to this for a second. Okay. So I've only been to one 
NFL game ever. Mm-hmm. Steelers and the Browns, for those of you in the know. Yeah, it yeah. was intense. <laughs> um, but it's really jarring even when you're at the stadium mm-hmm. because they have to stop. Oh, yeah. And it's just like moments and moments of silence. It's well, like, no, no. There's, there's, I'm sorry. There's well, no I, silence. I, I mean silence in terms of the activity on the field. Yes and no. Um, but you can definitely tell it probably takes them a little bit out of it uh, because mm-hmm. it's, you know, TV timeout. Got to have a yeah. TV timeout. I mean, they do it in basketball and everything, too. And I don't really know about the timing because not a fan of the basketball ball but in the nfl it's constant and you know all of the stations they have these really long like intros and outro like these the little the little bits like we have our segment uh bumpers yeah but they have like a bumper into the or into the show you watch like the minute and a half of football and then you have the bumper out to the commercial yeah it's it's intense um you know i can get it for like the Super Bowl because like mm-hmm. it's a big deal and the commercials are like ten million dollars just for thirty seconds or something stupid. Yeah. Um. But during regular games, it doesn't. There's no need. Like the game takes like forty five minutes longer to play <laughs> than it would. Like, I, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think have, I think I've heard it tabulated somewhere before that I for a three hour an average three hour football game, there's only an hour of gameplay in the game. I you know I believe it. Yeah. Because well that's all there is on the mm-hmm. clock. Yeah. Um but you know you have timeouts and stuff that it, injuries and what yeah. have you. Um but you know even that like so even say it would be an hour and a half of gameplay you it's going to take you 3 hours like that's <laughs> stupid. Anyway. See over in the chat room uh let's see um uh, Angel says, but the Super Bowl commercials are great. Well, some of them are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a bunch of cheering on of various sports No teams. Browns. Wynn says, yay no Browns. No Patriots. Uh, Monica says, Boo. go Patriots. And then Wynn says, I just follow NFL games on Twitter now. I'll hear about the big plays and get the scores as they happen, not sitting through all that advertising. That's fair, but yeah. And Angel says, they do that with college football slightly. It is kind of awkward when you're watching live and you just want to watch the game. Yeah, it's really hard when you're watching anything live. Yeah. So. And, you know, as for me, I don't really have a horse You're like, sports. I don't care. I'm not a big sports fan, but still. What? Th- this argument that, uh, that uh, what, what's his name? Biscotti. Uh, Biscotti um, <laughs> has, uh, makes a lot of sense. Uh, most of the sports fans I know, this is their major complaint about mm-hmm. sports. That and the fact that you can't get them outside of cable. I, uh, you know, so so I, some even stream. I, I know some people who even even illegally stream the games from the UK, opting to watch the players mill around the field for hours or for you know minutes and minutes at a time while the American commercials are running. So kind of like that live stadium experience. Right. They'd rather do that. Then have well, to sit through all the bombastic ads. It's more entertaining. Mm-hmm. It's more entertaining to watch them walk around the field and talk to each other because then I'm sure those stations are like, you know, zooming in and on the conversations on the sidelines and stuff yeah. like that. Like that's entertaining. Mm-hmm. That's much that's much more entertaining. But like I said, like these long pauses are gonna pull the players out of the game and it's gonna affect the game. And that's why the Steelers <laughs> lost. All I'm going to say is if I, I ran the NFL uh, before disbanding it. It wouldn't exist. Well, I was going to say before disbanding it, I would move to a streaming platform and cut commercials entirely, completely. Maybe put some like mm, corporate logos out on never. the field, charge for that. Uh, I, I'm, my nope. rationale is that fans are already paying $100 or more a month for cable just to catch the big games. They don't even use cable except for sports. Like mm-hmm. I, I know so many people who are like, I would court cut. There the is sports. a lot of people that say that. But you know so, what? People who want to do the cord cutting sling TV. 
mm-hmm. has like NFL Network and stuff like yeah. that. So, but I, I bet a lot of people would be willing to throw down fifty dollars a month to get all the games streamed to them, you know, for five months out of the year, and finally cut the cord because it, it would be a major cost. It might be a big price, but it would be a lot less than they're paying right now. That's very true. Uh, so you know, so the NFL would make their money back eventually. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, I think I think that's more than enough football talk for one night now it's time to grab some popcorn and find your seat because we're opening up the curtain on cinematters 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 Okay, now every Thursday we like to let you know about a few movies that are coming to a theater near you. I And a few standouts for this week include uh, Kung Fu, Fu Yoga, Resident Evil, The Final Chapter, Gold, and A Dog's Purpose. Here's a little more on two of the selections that we found interesting. Okay, so my selection is first, and I chose... A little film we like to call A Dog's Purpose. Uh, now, uh, this uh, movie it stars Josh Gad uh, as the voice of a dog who keeps reincarnating into other dogs, spouting out the same sort of annoying internal platitudes you'd expect from a Garfield comic strip. Uh, you know, I'm... Oh. I'm actually surprised to see this on the list for release this week because there was a video a couple of weeks ago that TMZ released uh, that supposedly showed <laughs> TMZ, an- it supposedly showed animal abuse on the set. Like there's mm-hmm. a scene with like a storm and water, and they were trying to put the dog in the water, and he was freaking out. But uh, although a bunch of uh, animal experts have kind of chimed in and been like, "No, the dog wasn't terrified. They were just trying to." coax him in and it was so, like he, he, he the dog was comfortable if he wasn't comfortable he would have been biting the trainer huh? uh, is, is what I've heard but I had heard that uh, you know that Universal Pictures had cancelled the release mm-hmm. but I, I guess not because it was on the list for uh, for release uh, this week yeah. uh, you know end of the day though the movie looks corny as all get out but if you're a big fan of I don't know Airbud or want a preachy version of Homeward Bound this might just be the flick for you yes. I I, I I might sound a little annoyed about it. That's only because I had to watch this trailer two different times. The last two movies I went to see, this trailer was playing for both of them, and I hated it the first time, and then I really hated it the second time, and now it's coming out, and I had to talk about it on my show. You didn't show. actually have to talk about it. Just like- yeah, over in the chat room, Wynn says, a dog's purpose is to make money. <laughs> and, and Angel says, TMZ is not a reputable news source, and you know this. Very true. Because we have to watch the TMZ show before Gotham every week, and yeah. I just want to like throw things at them. Okay, so Anne-Marie, what's your pick? My pick is gold. So Matthew McConaughey. Texas Yeah, You know what? It was Matthew McConaughey. I didn't care what else was on the list. I was picking it. Uh, but Matthew McConaughey appears to be super down on his luck when he goes out on a limb and hits a gold mine, literally, in Indonesia. Mm-hmm. Uh, just as he starts bringing in the billions, yes, with a B, the Indonesian military and the FBI start sniffing around and things seem to crash again. It looks fun. Not get me to the theater good, though. Um, probably a solid date night on the couch type of movie. Yeah. And, you know, Matthew McConaughey. And well, it's like a 70s movie, so like mm-hmm. you get the fun, uh, and fun is, you know, relative. Uh, yeah, I'm, not sure, and stuff. I'm not sure if you mentioned this because I was busy putting my universe jacket on. Yeah. But uh, I th- it's based on a true story, too. Yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't actually yeah. mention it. It's based on a true story, so who knows how much. Is- but it looks kind of interesting just because Michael McConaughey has gone sort of like the uh, intense character actor route, and he has like fake teeth in and a balding head oh yeah it's it's really it doesn't look, it doesn't look like that guy from the car commercials at yeah all. this is not um super cute matthew mcconaughey this is old mm. grandpa looking matthew mcconaughey this, this is uh you know 
I keep getting older. They stay the same age, but aged a couple decades. Like Possibly, it, it, yeah. It's a potential future for his character from Dazed and Confused uh, is what I'm saying. I've uh, never seen. Oh, you haven't seen Dazed and Confused? No. Great so, Matthew McConaughey role. I'm a little confused. Um, uh, 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 uh. You know you know how I always say, uh, be a whole lot cooler if you did. Yeah, well, I That's know that. I, I know it's a, yeah. Over in the chat room, uh, we wins. Oh, no. Uh, Angel says... Wasn't uh, a dog's purpose meant to raise awareness for adoption? I think it was more just animals or people too kind of thing. Like that would that was the it. Main probably point of it. is a bit to raise awareness for pet adoption, but I think there's other ways to do it. <clears throat> yes, definitely, and that it, it does not involve putting out Josh really, Gad. Yeah, Josh Gad. Josh Gad apparently needed. Let's a third get Josh house. Gad out of the equation. He apparently needed another home. Just go get back in the snowsuit. And I Go don't be hear, a snowman. I don't want to hear from you again unless you're singing a wonderful song with Elsa and Anna. That's all. You know, I really would be much more entertained by the Frozen sequel that will eventually come out. That's fair. What if, what if, uh, what if this is like a backdoor Frozen sequel? What if it, the last 10 minutes of the movie, Anna and Elsa show up and, you know. Let it go. <laughs> Let the dog go. No. That'd be good. No, it'd be bad. Sorry for everyone listening. Okay, Anne-Marie, what's our next story? Our next story is the Black Adam movie. So for almost 10 years, Dwayne Johnson, a.k.a. The Rock, has been attached to the Shazam movie from Shazam. DC. Shazam! from DC Entertainment. Since initially signing on, his stardom has sort of gone, I don't know, through the roof, leading <laughs> Johnson and Jeff Johns to reconfigure The Rock's character in the movie, mm-hmm. as well as to get him his own Black Adam movie. So, uh, Anne-Marie, what are your thoughts on this? I know nothing. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I get it, though. I get It makes so much sense that they did this reevaluation. Mm-hmm. Probably could have started doing it like three years ago when The Rock was, wasn't he like man of the year or something ridiculous yeah. like two years ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, you want to cash in on the big actor while, while they're big. Yeah. And uh, I don't really know much about Shazam except from like whatever cartoon that there was like little teenager dude goes, Shazam, and becomes a superhero. Uh, and that's pretty much the, it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, I have literally never heard the phrase Black Adam until today. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, he, I don't know, mind The Rock. He was a main character in the comic book series 52. Stop trying to make <laughs> me read comics. It will not happen. Okay, but uh, since you don't know a lot about it. I know I'm, nothing. Fill me in, Bill. I'm going to give a quick primer for the uninitiated. Quick. Th- quick. There's like five points okay, to this. Okay, so Shazam, uh, or Captain Marvel, is, as he was known okay, bef- yeah. until the new 52 mm-hmm. reboot, is an orphan who is given the powers of the gods by a wizard named Shazam. Shazam's an anagram. It stands for uh, oh, what is it? Saul, Hercules, mm-hmm. um, and a bunch of uh, the other gods. Like a mixture of Greek and Roman. Okay. Uh, in, in one mythological figure, I, I think. I think they were all Greek. I actually did read that about like Shazam's name was like from the first letter of all these Greek gods. Oh no, you know what? The S is for Samson, the biblical figure. So... Ooh, it, it's a it's a big it's a big mixture. All right, fine. Uh, if you want to look it up, while I'm, I'm going to look it up. But okay, so you know, it's a little boy, little orphan named uh, Billy Batson. He gets these powers from this wizard, and when he says Shazam, he becomes an adult superhero. Okay, now Black Adam was the leader of a, a Middle Eastern country called Kandok. Uh, Kandok. I, I I always I don't know. I, I pronounce it a different way every time, so no one knows if I'm wrong. Uh, but he, he was a leader of this country hundreds of years ago. And uh, he was also the last champion the wizard awarded the powers to before he awarded them to Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. It didn't go well. And uh, Shazam, the wizard Shazam, kind of took those powers away and banished Black Adam. And then he shows back up in modern day. Uh, but uh, Black Adam is your classic anti-hero, often doing morally bad things for the right reasons. He does a lot of, like, he'll 
cause like a war between two countries trying to protect his own, that sort of thing. Hmm. Uh, so he, his heart's in the right place, but... He doesn't it, go the right route yeah, to get there. It, it's like, you know, you, a friend of yours is like, man, this guy was really annoying me. And he was like, I want to protect my friend. You know what? I'll kill the guy who was annoying you. It, that hmm. Kind of like that. Now, so it, it's that moral gray area is like dark gray. Yeah, yeah. Black Adam gray. Uh, but uh, I, I, I like the idea of showing the two sides of the power in the two different movies. Having the Shazam movie where you see the good side, then the Black Adam movie where you see power corrupting absolutely. And, okay. and I, 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 I mean, I love the concept because Black Adam throws uh, Captain Marvel Shazam into stark contrast because... Uh, when you give this power to a child, it turns him into one of the greatest heroes of the world. When you give it to Black Adam, someone who's already an adult and fully formed, mm -hmm. it's corrupting. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, apparently these films will also be set in the DC Cinematic Universe because a couple oh. weeks ago, uh, I think it was Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, uh, tweeted out or Instagrammed out a picture of him and Henry Cavill, who plays Superman in the DCU f EU uh. films. Uh, from a lunch meeting where they hinted the Black Adam might appear in the next Superman film. Oh. So when, the next time they do a solo Superman film, Black Adam might be the villain. So that's a lot of fun. Um, from my research, mm -hmm. Shazam's name, and you were right, it is Solomon, is the first one. But that's the only one not of Greek. It's Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, and Mercury. So it was the genius of Solomon, the strength of Hercules, unbreakable will of Atlas, lightning blasts of Zeus, power of Achilles, and the speed of Mercury. <laughs> and uh, over in the chat room, uh, thank you for the research, by the way. You're welcome. It's a what I do. Angel says, I think a lot of people will see the movie for The Rock. Yep. Also, like Anne-Marie, I only know what I do about Captain Marvel slash Shazam from DC cartoons. And well, you know what? I don't really pay that much attention. If those cartoons are like... Uh, Justice League or JLU, you're on pretty solid ground for uh, you're you're pretty much on the rock of eternity it, as far as it comes to Shazam. Uh, that's a really good joke if you know the character. But um bum. But um bum bum. Okay, Anne Marie, careful now. We're gonna try and take a gigabyte out of the future without microchipping our teeth. <coughs> Let's get technological. <laughs> This one always takes forever for some reason. It really does. Okay. okay. So track your AirPods. When Apple did away with the classic headphone jack in favor of using Bluetooth AirPods, there was concern about losing the headphones. With iOS 10.3, which I believe is available for download now, because my phone's like, boop, me. Um, <laughs> they will work by fixing, work on fixing that by adding a feature to the Find My Phone app where the headphones will make some sort of noise so you can mm -hmm. find them. So all the noise, noise, all the, noise. Yeah, it really is all the noise, noise, noise. All right, what you got, Bill? Okay, this really annoys me. Um, Shocker. This move is so typically Apple. That's a couple, so Apple. A couple weeks ago, they pulled an, uh, an independent app from the App Store that did this exact same thing. It would put out, like, I, I think it was a high-pitched squeal. Mm -hmm. And we'll have a link uh, to, in the show notes uh, to the original story about this at universebox.com. Okie dokie. But they, they pulled the, the, uh, the app without any explanation to the public or to the developer. And then, you know, who'd have thunk a couple weeks later... They announced it's going to be a new feature in the new iOS. I, now, I, it just really annoys me because they've done this in the past, too. Uh, mm -hmm. Most notably uh, with their iTunes product, where they had been courting this ind this uh, independent software company. Mm -hmm. had created a music manager. 
And Apple took a few meetings with them, took them out to lunch. And we're talking about buying the product. And then they got it, they ended up scoring an invite to the Apple event where they announced iTunes and they were sitting in the audience and they put iTunes up on the screen and it's pretty much exactly the thing that they created. And then they, they couldn't, uh, no one from Apple would talk to them after that. So this is something they've done a lot. I, I'm just saying, look. Note to self, don't take a meeting with Apple. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying to Apple, you know, feel free to use other ideas from other developers, but at least it. compensate them for it. You know, mm -hmm. I, I love how the article, though, uh, that's over here on the AV Club makes it seem like it was Apple's innovation. Well, where you know, it really wasn't. It was more just an independent developer came up with this idea. Oh, you can track your AirPods if you put like a nice high pitched sound out through them or right. something. I, and then Apple was like, okay, we're shutting down your app and putting it on our own right. thing. Well, but the thing is, if you didn't know about that article, I wouldn't know. Yeah. I had no idea. Exactly. A lot of people didn't, which mm. is one of the reasons I was so excited when I saw this pop up in the list of stories for tonight, because mm. I wanted to point that out. Oh, well, you're welcome. Okay, what do you think? So, I mean, it's a good idea, and it probably should have been there from the beginning. Like, why would you have a loose item? Like, people lose their people lose their keys, their phone, their credit card, their ID, their Fitbit, their earrings, mm. their wedding band. Like, people lose everything, and you think they're going to not lose these little ear pods? Especially when the new iPhones, you, you already have, like, 17,000 dongles you have to carry around to do anything with them. Right. Like, because they, they well, eliminated a lot of stuff from it. But it also would have been a better idea to include a headphone jack. Yes. Also, I'm forever wary of Bluetooth anything because I never have. I have issues pairing things. Yeah, I. I just can't do Bluetooth. It's, I'm a pretty tech savvy guy. I've never successfully Bluetooth paired something to something else. That's a lie. Is it? That is a lie. You've Bluetooth paired a, a phone to a car thing on lar large rides. You know what? You're right. That's right. You're so right. So don't lie it was to a the rental people. Car. Well, yeah, you know, it was a rental car. We don't own that nice of a car. Yeah, it's one of those things I've always said. So the one because I, I that was just a few months ago. No, it was, was the old one. Was it? The it old was. One? It was like two okay. years ago. Well, I, I'm still going to say that. I've never. Bill is a liar, <laughs> ladies and germs. Okay, uh, I'm not lying about this. Over in the chat room, Angel says I still think AirPods is a bad idea because yeah. I'd still lose them even with the tracker thing. So would I. Absolutely, yeah. I. Definitely. Yeah. The, the, the one uh, argument I can make or I would make for getting a pair of mm -hmm. Bluetooth headphones is so I could wear them on my scooter and listen to music on my scooter. And you know what? I think a lot of the reason they did it is for working out and stuff like that. Yeah. Like you can run. Mm -hmm. You can have your phone in your pocket in the little zippy athletic pouch or whatever. And you're not going to get tangled up in the headphones, which yeah. I can appreciate that. Mm -hmm. By the same token, I think I think the the headphones that have come with the iPhone for those are my favorite life, headphones. Yeah, they're, they're my favorite. I think they're like the best headphones ever. They are, and you know what? They, a lot of people don't sell the one that buds like that anymore. They like the ones where they go in your ear, and I can't do that. Yeah, the ones that have like it. the little rubber thing covering like up it. the pokey thing, and then it's going to stab your brain. No, I, I don't well, want that. You have your own issues. I want knowledge and music in my brain. I don't want. Ear, earbuds <laughs> in my brain yeah okay so uh Anne marie it's a very very sad day why don't you tell the people why 3d tv is dead folks it's dead it took less than 10 years for the rise and fall of the 3d television sets <laughs> a quote-unquote craze sparked by the success of avatar now mm. while 3d may be popular in the movie theater it never really caught on at home 
For various reasons, such as lack of content, it caused <laughs> eye strain and it forced you to wear clunky, ugly glasses. Yes. I mean, yes. what else is there to say? And the effect was never that great anyway. Well, that's because nobody's going to take the time. Again, the rise and fall was less than <laughs> 10 years. Yeah, and I always kind of saw 3D as a gimmick, too. It's mm-hmm. always been a gimmick, even since the 50s. It's yeah. been a gimmick anytime they've tried to bring it back, like when they did the Freddy movie in the 80s. That was 3D. I think it was uh, Freddy or Nightmare on Elm Street 6. I've never seen one of those. Uh, but, you know, it's always been a gimmick like, hey, let me put stuff in front of the camera. Let me move towards you. Let me throw a slingshot your way. I will say, like, the amusement parks do really good with the 3D. But you're only sitting see, there for, like, 10 minutes and you're in it. See, I, I think even the super expensive setups that the amusement parks have uh-huh. isn't that great. Like, uh, oh. what, what's the Mickey 3D experience <gasps> at Magic oh. Kingdom? Philhar Magic. Philhar Magic. I love Philhar Magic. That it was pretty good. It, I, I, but it's really like 4D because they have the water and the air. Yeah, and, and you the know, Donald all... Duck statue and all that. Right. I. Uh, but yeah, you know, it, it still wasn't mind blowing to me. Like it. Well, you know what? It takes a lot to impress you. It does. You are not an average person. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I come to think of it, though, I, I don't even know anybody who has a 3D TV. Or, I don't think I've ever known anybody. Or uses the 3D functionality. Yeah. Uh, now the entertainment entertainment industry always saw 3d as a money maker slash anti-piracy me- measure they could charge more for the tickets mm-hmm. and people want to take a camcorder in and film it because it looks it like look crap wrong. if you don't have the the glasses on uh, now after enough trade shows with industry types going gaga over the 3d tvs and the 3d technology they thought it was something consumers wanted but it turns out not, not so, much. so much i say good riddance good riddance sir Ish. But the article claims that 4K mm-hmm. is going to be the next in HDR. What is 4K? It's just a, it's basically what SD was to HD. Okay. 4K is to HD. Like so, you have the 1080p oh. HD, and then you have so 1080p is 1,080 lines of resolution. Okay. 4K is 4,000. So like four oh. times the resolution. Okay. Uh, so and they're saying that's going to be the next big thing, or HDR, which is uh, higher dynamic range, so the colors pop more. Mm. Um, but it gives I, a depth type of thing. Yeah, but I, I mean, just based on your <laughs> response, I don't think consumers really care that much about either. That, I mean, I'm good with the TVs we got. Now, uh, virtual reality, on the other hand, I see that tech going places, but they're going to have they have a story. To, Hollywood has a storytelling problem with virtual reality because. A big part of what makes movies and television shows and things like dramatic works work mm-hmm. is that you don't have free roam. You don't have free reign. You, you're on a gu- kind of a guided, guided experience, yeah. uh, you know, where they pick the shots. They, you, you can't just uh, – if you have a murder mystery movie, you can't have the audience member walking around and, like, looking in people's pockets and stuff. However, I, that would be entertaining as all heck. Yeah, they're going to have to find some happy medium between, you know, dramatic works like that mm-hmm. and video games. But it's not going to be completely one or the other. Uh, but oh. I, I definitely think that's where it's going. Yeah. Um, over in the chat room, uh, Wynn says consumers want VR now. Uh, Angel says VR is pretty cool, to be honest. And Wynn also says gaming will drive the adoption of VR, which I completely believe uh, after... Two weeks ago or whatever, we were at Otronicon mm-hmm. at Orlando Science Center, which is basically like a tech co- convention. Yeah. The amount of virtual reality was insane. Mm-hmm. Um, but And there was like very different levels, though. Like I only did one of them, I think, just because I was a lot of stand around and make sure the yeah. kids don't run away thing. Um, but I did like a virtual reality tour of um, the – we just talked about the um, – what was the world – 
What world? Hold on, hold on. The word is here. Avatar. Avatar. Avatar Land at Disney, um, which was really cool because like you could see like on this table, it just like boop, mm-hmm. climbed and you could go around. You could see like stuff like that. And now I know you did like a virtuality roller coaster. Yeah, it, it, it was kind of crazy because at certain points, uh, you know, I would, I would just find myself mm-hmm. leaning when the coaster was going right. in certain directions. So. Um, and another one that I have a feeling was probably one of the best and I wish there had been time for me to try it. Mm-hmm. Um, the two little kids did another virtual roller coaster. Yeah. And like you could see they had a screen behind them so you could sort of watch along. And it was so intense to point out granted they're little kids but like at one point when there was like a big drop at the end they were like ah! and the developers were like yes they're like they like, kept you know, they kept filming the kids and taking pictures and i'm like we're gonna be in a, an advertisement of some sort yeah but it was i mean you could just tell there was different levels mm-hmm. of quality yeah so Okay, so what do you think about the 3D TV, though? Um, I didn't even know these were still a thing. So long, goodbye, <laughs> don't let the door hit you. Also, I cannot imagine having to wear special glasses just to watch TV. I normally like to take mine off. But a headset, on the other hand, maybe. No, because I don't think that's the same thing. I think that's going to be a more interactive experience. Yeah, and as Angel says in the chat room, uh, VR is probably best left with gaming or uh-huh. anything that's meant to be interactive movies slash TV lack that interactivity right people just want to sit and binge tv and movies like they want it on in the background they don't they don't want to i don't think they want to interact with it the thing is though i think you know 40 years ago 50 years ago people would have made the same argument about books but then you know in the 80s they had choose your own adventure and they showed a book can be interactive it can be an interactive story so i think it's just enough they have to crack i i never got into the choose your own adventure i actually don't like the choose your own adventure type of books. Mm-hmm. I and like a lot the, of people do. I'm just telling you that you were the only one I've ever really heard push the choose your own adventure books. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're much beloved by by a few generations now. So. All right. Well, I didn't like them. I'm just I'm just saying. I think they they crack that nut uh, for at least a certain audience. And uh, so I, I think movies and television kind of have the same sort of nut to crack. I don't know if it's going to be. But there's a difference because if you're reading a book, a choose your own adventure interactivity is simpler because you're still just sitting there and you're reading the book. You're choosing where you turn to and what you read next with, you know, choose your own adventure TV show. That's not what I want. Well, I am just saying, you know, it, I don't want to, I don't want, like, I want it on in the background while I'm mm-hmm. working. I want it when I'm falling asleep. I don't want to mm-hmm. have to make choices. I don't want to have to like get up and walk around to watch TV. That's just not what I'm doing. I would argue, though, that the people would say the same thing about fiction, about books, about novels, that they they don't want to have to write the story. They just want to s- sit there in bed and read six chapters in their book and then go to sleep. Yes. But then in the 80s, this guy figured out how to do it and do it well and do it well enough that, you know, kids would hook into it and that they'd continue to publish the books up until the modern day. So, I mean, I think there's an answer out there that will satisfy both masters. They just have to find it. Uh, let's see, over in the chat room, uh, Wynn says, been watching some Korean TV shows that let you choose the plot line you like, like what the, the guy, the like what guy the girl should go with. Yeah, and there, there's been experiments like that since the 90s. They've kind of tried to choose your own adventure uh, movies and film like I, I, I mean know, in essence they sort of do that with like American Idol not yeah. that exists anymore like there's the live voting which like, is a kind of fiction um, <laughs> you know reality TV is a kind of fiction yeah but they they did something similar I remember they they were like 
the world's first interactive movie. They showed it uh, in a movie theater. They had Six Flags Astroworld in Houston, Texas, where I grew up. And this is why we get this. And, and it was basically, <laughs> it was kind of like, you know, market research where everyone had a dial yeah. at their seat and they would turn it right or left, depending on if they liked what was happening or not like what was happening. Mm-hmm. And the scenes would change up depending. But it obviously, it didn't catch on. So, you know, there's still... There's still a mystery there to be solved. I hope Hollywood will do it someday. Hmm. We can only hope. Mm-hmm. We've given good messages to Hollywood. We've given something. Apple. Mm-hmm. Well, um, and, and Juggalo's here in just a couple minutes. But first, we want to uh, remind you guys about our wonderful contest we're running. So uh, we, we'll play a quick video, and then we'll be right back. Gotham Bulletin. Penguin Enigma are attacking the GCPD. There, we infiltrated the GCPD. You'll pay for not being my friend, Jim Gordon. Listen here, you pencil-necked dweebs. Bullock and Gordon are here on the case. When is the time of a clock like the whistle of a train? When it's two to two. Karate action. Real character voices you provide. And now, Arkham Action Stabby Babs. The jig's up, Barbara. You're coming with me. Any chance you'll let me gut you like a fish? Ah, Sammy! It's fun for the whole family. Win Bruce, Saz, or Stabby Babs figures by entering our Gotham Sweetheart Contest. Three chances to win. Follow us at twitch.tv slash universebox, support us at patreon.com slash universebox, or leave a review for any of our podcasts on iTunes. We'll pick the winners on February 14th. Gotham action figures from Diamond Select Toys, available online and at toy stores nationwide. Bring Bring Gotham Gotham to life! Yes, the uh, Gotham Sweetheart <laughs> giveaway contest <laughs> thing. Get on uh, that. Yeah, you only have a couple more weeks to enter. Okay. And, uh, you know, it's really easy to enter. If you're watching this live, you've probably already entered because you're probably already following us. If another, not, get on that. Another way you can enter is by going over to our Patreon, like we mentioned in the video. And uh, we j- we're not going to do a full Patreon read tonight. We just wanted to call out the people who have donated $5 or more for the month, who are the best people in the world. And they, I mean, they may or may not win a Gotham toy. But they're still pretty cool. They've already won our love. They've also won the right to say their name, or uh, the privilege of shame us saying name, their name on every episode of every podcast we do for the month. So we want to thank Becca Baca, Cliff Sullivan, Angel, Jason Ritter, Monica Jones, Other Anne Marie, Casa Commotion, Sage of Earth, AK Patty, Jacob Newman, Robert Cattler, Hope Mullinax, and Jessica Gonzalez. You guys are awesome. Mm-hmm. We love our $5 Star Patrons mm-hmm. Club members. If you want to be a member of the $5 Star Patrons Club, or just throw us like a buck to enter the contest, go to patreon.com slash universebox. And, and to remember, remember to, to think, think outside. outside. Okay, now comics, novels, Dr. Seuss, uh, Choose Your Own Adventure. As long as you can read it, we've indexed it and shoved it in a folder. Let's crack open the Bibliophile. That's you know, right. We actually have a bibliophile this week. And it's a one-two punch of comic book news, actually, but mm. both interesting stories. Uh, so what's our first one? DC versus Marvel in paycheck form. People are always comparing DC and Marvel when it comes to comics, TV, movies, and merchandise. One area you don't usually hear about is paychecks, except in Jim, except in Jim Starlin's case. The longtime comic creator has worked with both companies and recently thanked DC for its significantly larger paycheck they sent him for the use of KG Beast in Batman v Superman for Versus the one Marvel sent him for Guardians of the Galaxy, where they used several of his characters. Including Thanos, uh, a couple of the Guardians, you know. 
No hablo. No hablo. No hablo. <laughs> That's fair. You don't want to hablo. No, I don't. Uh, but, but no, this was uh, really great to hear I, as a DC fan. Uh, now, now to be fair, uh, one of my favorite Superman writers when the movie came out, uh, his name's Elliot S. Magan. He was upset that, about DC not compensating him for uh, using his classic story, Must There Be a Superman, as sort of thematic fodder for Batman v Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I'm glad to see at least they're compensating the creators of individual characters well. Mm-hmm. If they're not, if not, you know, I, I mean, and that's kind of a wishy-washy thing, too, because so many uh, Superman writers have used that story as a jumping off point. Yeah. And it was kind of written as a jumping off, off point. There's a reason there's a question mark at the end of a question mark at the end of the title. Cause he was putting it out there. So people would explore that theme with the character. Right. Uh, so you, you know, if nothing else though, this makes Marvel look really bad to the comic book community. But at the same time, I don't think that's really the audi- their audience with the flicks anymore. No. It's more the general public, the, the, the Disney audience. Uh, and it I'm it not is saying, the Disney audience, yeah. I'm not saying that pejoratively. I'm just saying that, you know, that's a fact. I, I, I don't expect them to correct course moving forward because of that. Uh, mm-hmm. But I could be wrong. They might be like, hey, yo, Jim Starlin, here's a double what DC gave you mm-hmm. or whatever. But by, by the same token, KG Beast and Batman v Superman was a very bit part. He wasn't ever even actually named in the, in the movie. Who like, was he? he? He was the assassin guy. What assassin guy? The, the, the assassin guy who uh, abducted Lois Lane in the subway. Oh. And he, he's the guy who shot everybody in Africa. Uh, oh, but, yeah, he's wow. Not, he's, not okay. even, he's not even called KG Beast, while Jim Starlin's characters in Guardians of the Galaxy are named It's out. the main villain of the Marvel Universe at this point. Okay, see, that and, that's where it beca- that's yeah. where the clarity is needed, mm-hmm. is that it's this character who is important but not even named in Batman v Superman earned yeah. him a bigger paycheck than the main villain in Marvel Land. Plus two of the main characters in Guardians of the Galaxy. Like uh, two of the yeah. two of the, and I think a, a lot of the Guardians of the Galaxy concept mm-hmm. came from his work. So I mean, I, yeah, that's good a, on you, DC. Good on you, which is pretty much what I said. I was like, yay, DC! This is one surefire way to get creatives to work with you again. Pay them well. Um, I'm sure this publicity out there now, um, though Marvel may reevaluate some of their pay strategies mm-hmm. because you know it, it's going to be a lot harder for them to get those characters again, possibly. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure they already have the contract set up in place, but you mm-hmm. know what? This gives um, Starlin, yeah, um, a, a renegotiations. Mm-hmm. Like he has every legal right. Well the, well, the thing is with with comic books, especially comic books before you know the seventies, eighties, nineties, or like mm-hmm. in the in the period of like the late seventies, early eighties, they didn't have a lot of recourse for this kind of stuff. Like generally, it, it was considered work for hire mm-hmm. if they created a character like this, and they weren't owed another dime beyond what was declared in their original contract, either like a. Uh, per page rate, or they would get like X amount of dollars or whatever. But I, you know, uh, characters created since then have had a bit more of a lucrative mm-hmm. deal. I, uh, but by the same token, even if it wasn't in the original deal, you really owe it to your creators, especially people who you still work with, like Jim Starlin. That's the thing is they're still they're still actively working. They may yeah. he. I mean, I if I was him, I'd be reevaluating mm-hmm. his contract with marvel if yeah. he has the main villain for their universe right now mm. he'd be like 
this is the check from DC. This is the check from Marvel. Let's have a talk. Well, you know, like I said, the original deal, it probably said you have no rights to this character. You created it for Marvel, which mm-hmm. is the same deal that, you know, people like uh, the Siegel and Sh- Schuster families who created Superman. Yeah. They fought with DC. And I mean, even just up into a few until a few years ago. They were still fighting with DC but to I, get paid. Okay, so I but I can I can see that with the whole work for hire thing. But you know what? I think it's almost like a respect thing that Marvel mm-hmm. should, if they feel that these characters are worth so much more. I'm not saying pay them the must as much as your actors, though. Really, your creative those creatives are, you know what <laughs> I mean. Um, but I think they the publicity itself. Mm-hmm. I would be re- I on on if I was Marvel, I'd be reevaluating his paycheck for yeah. the next zillion movies that they're putting out. Yeah, a lot of times, what's what ends up happening in this too is that, uh, you know, it, they they'll just be like, okay, we understand you're owed something here. Why don't we just give you a hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars or whatever the figure is, mm-hmm. and then you can't you can't uh, have a problem with it anymore. And, you know what? And even then, I actually think I'd, I would be less inclined to accept that deal mm-hmm. because then they're going to take whatever characters they've just paid me off for and run them everywhere and I'm yeah. going to have no say. Mm-hmm. Which is why, I, especially a lot of uh, creators who joined the industry in the 90s, mm-hmm. they kind of went off and did their own thing and started doing independent comics. And that's how Image Comics came about, actually. Uh, who've done Spawn and The Walking, or, yeah, The Walking Dead, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but you know, they they became they went and started their own label because they didn't like the deals they were getting from the big two. Hmm. Uh, but okay, we've we've talked enough about we're, this. We're we really have... like lengthy tonight. That's fine though. Okay, yeah. what's our next story? New York Times drops graphic novel and manga bestsellers list. So after almost eight years, the New York Times is dropping their comic manga bestseller list without explanation. These books also appear to not qualify for the bestsellers, the regular bestsellers list. The New York Times is focusing on its core list. Mm-hmm. William. So, uh, you know, getting back to basics uh, makes a lot of sense for a struggling industry like newspapers. But by the same token, this makes the time seem way less hit than they did just a week ago. Right. Now, while uh, we're mourning the loss of this list, I I just have to say that it always annoyed me that trade paperbacks like The Walking Dead and Watchmen often showed up on this list because... Mm they they aren't graphic novels. A graphic novel is a longer work like Will Eisner's Contract with God uh, that, that was intended to be released all at once in a longer form. Mm-hmm. Uh, Walking Dead and Watchmen were both monthly comic books that uh, got collected later okay. on. Uh, it, just one of my big bugaboos. It's kind of, and it kind of uh, harkens back to Dickens because uh, Dickens, he released his uh, books serialized. Uh, like uh, Great Expectations was released month by month, chapter by chapter in a magazine. Oh. And then eventually it was collected into a novel. Interesting. Uh, but there, were, there wasn't quite that distinction there, mm-hmm. uh, so, so they couldn't say it was a series of short stories right. collected. Uh, but th- that's kind of what a trade paperback is. It's yeah. shorter stories, you know, shorter one-off stories that all connect being collected into one thing, hmm. while a graphic novel is something that's written to be this long piece. So it's kind of like a... 
you know, comparing Great Expectations right. to, I don't know, The Firm. I, it was the first novel that popped into my head. Okay. But are you, what are your thoughts on this as a non-comic booker? You know, I, th- I don't think it makes any sense. Um, does cultivating a list of comic and manga bestsellers really take that much work from them? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if they're already putting together their main list, it, it's yeah. still a matter of sales numbers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's even worse that they aren't including them in the main list. I think actually that's probably my bigger problem. Mm-hmm. I can see because it is a short-lived, they've only had the list around for about eight years, which makes sense because it's starting to get more popular. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't understand why they choose not to include them in their main list because there are a lot more comics being more co- like there's even like a lot of like YA stuff is graphic novels mm-hmm. and they are bestseller. Like I think it's Bones is one of them. Bone. Bone. No. Okay, then it's something else actually. Okay. Um, there is another one that I actually thought, like, when helping out in the library, was a regular novel, and I picked it up. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, we have a whole table at like when we do the book fair and stuff like that. That was all graphic novels, and they were a lot of them were not comics. They were graphic mm-hmm. novels, and they were really they're off the door. They went like everybody wanted them, so yeah. it, it just makes no sense to me why it. It can't take that much more off of them and it gives them that little bit more into an audience they may not otherwise have just yeah, a tiny bit it, but it's there i i'm thinking it's just that you know it's a struggling industry it's a struggling business right now mm-hmm. and when that happens the first thing you want to do is sort of like carve off all the cruft that you've gathered and get down to core competencies. And the New York Times bestseller list has always been a core competency for them. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sure there's probably some sort of somebody higher up in the in the company or something who feels that it's been diluted by letting graphic novels onto it. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, Win over in the chat room says it sounds like a decision based on workplace politics to me, probably dropping it to get even with someone. That could be you know, too. And that totally, it, it has extreme possibilities of that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, who knows? But you know what? I'm going to write a song about it. Okay. So go ahead me, and throw me, on me, your me. headphones and warm up your pipes. We're going to make sure your modern music knowledge is in In tune. Okay, Emory, what's the first story? Juggalos March on Washington. So first there was the Women's March. Soon there will be the March for Science and then the Juggalos March. In 2011... Juggalos rising. Grab your Fago. In 2011, the FBI labeled Juggalos as a loosely organized hybrid gang. And they're (laughs) sick of it. They do not appreciate being stigmatized for their musical subculture. No. So what do you think? Okay, first of all, I just have to say I, I am not a fan of ICP, uh, but it's good to see a niche uh, subculture standing up for themselves like this. I, I used to be roommates with the Juggalo, uh, little known trivia fact, uh, and they are very, very odd people, uh, sometimes very disturbing people. But for the most part, they behave more like a family than a gang. Like, Which I think is what they're really yeah, that, that, having a thing about. That was actually one of the things that was always very striking to me, being a roommate with one and mm-hmm. kind of getting an eye into the culture, mm-hmm. is, is that, you know, as much as the music's crazy and they'll say these outlandish, awful things, yeah. um, you know, they're, they're really just sort of a tight-knit kind of family, but mm-hmm. not, not in a negative way, just in a more of everyone supports each other kind of way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so, so I, I really like this idea, and I'm, I'm thinking, you know, maybe if enough of these groups 
groups the government has classified and targeted over the past several years start fighting back and making their voices heard like the juggalos are doing yes. in Washington, then maybe the feds will start stop targeting them for the simple crime of finding something to bond over with somebody else. I completely agree. Yeah. So good on them. I may have been an ICP fan in middle school. I'm not going to lie. Um, but I fully support any group that wants to peacefully march and make their cause get some recognition. Um, in the article, it does emphasize that this is like a serious march. It's not a party. It's not like, hey, let's destroy Washington. This is, dude, we're not a gang. Yeah. This is, we, we like we like a band. We are not a terrorist organization. We are not we a like, terrorist organization. We like to go to festivals for four days, freestyle rap, run around naked and drink Fago. It's not you a know, big deal. That, that's, there it is. <laughs> um, but I don't expect the Juggalo March to be necessarily too big, but I could be wrong. I don't know how many people are Juggalos out there. So you know what? You go for it. <laughs> Next October, when you decide to march, because they already have, the, like, they have like a formal website and everything. Mm-hmm. It's kind of impressive. Yeah. Um, well, I'm sure there's some web developers who. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's some web developing juggalos. So good on you, y'all. Especially after the hard year they had last year with all the scary clowns. I mean, <gasps> thank goodness. Uh, okay, over in the chat room, uh, Wynn says, this is hilarious. And then we have a new guest. Uh, Hello, over. Alex. Welcome. Alex. Welcome, Alex. Uh, what's the topic? Right, we well, just right now. We talking about uh, Juggalos. <laughs> um, well, next up, Kanye West is not banned from the Kardashians' well, thank vacation. Goodness. You know, I was concerned. Recently, it was reported that the Kardashians were banning Kanye from joining them on an upcoming Costa Rican vacation. But it turns out that was false. The co- the Gossip Cop website has squashed the rumor. What nice. do you think? I know you've got, I'm sure you've got something good on this. Do I? I'm sure. Okay. Uh, so I, I, after hearing this story, I just want a remake of Home Alone where Yeezy gets left behind and has to defend his non-furnished mansion against the wet bandits <laughs> played by Jay-Z and uh, Kid Cudi. Uh, somebody please make that movie for me. I will, Ho- Home Alone Yeezy, uh, lost in the heezy. Lost. <laughs> <laughs> lost in uh, Calabasas. <laughs> uh, so, That's all I have to say on it, though. Oof. You know, I was really concerned that they were going to leave Kanye home alone in that big fancy house while they were gone. It is good to know that Mr. West will be joining the rest of the crew for some fun in the sun. Some fun moving sun. right along. Yes, moving <laughs> on right along. What's in the box? You're about to find out. We've each selected a special story to discuss. Let's pop open the universe box. Okay, so what's it always your, feels necessary. What's I'm your sorry. universe box, Anne-Marie? Cards Against Humanity's CEO job listing. So recently, Cards Against Humanity posted a listing for a new CEO on Craigslist. The listing requ- includes requirements like strongly prefer first black editor of the Harvard Law Review, <laughs> minimum of eight years experience as president of the United States or similar country, and a natural born U.S. citizen. Basically, they want Barack Obama. Yes. Do you think he'll do it? I think it would be absolutely fantastic if he, maybe not necessarily was the CEO, but guest editor for an expansion set. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know how much like the Barack expansion set well, would sell the for? The rumor is is that he's going to be starting some sort of media company or something. Well, he so. has. Um, they, um, him and Michelle announced like I believe it was a charity or something that like launched the day he was out of. He's like. <laughs> This is what we're doing now, yeah. folks. I don't so know if I, I was if I was president, I'd be like, okay, I'm good. Like, because I think you get a paycheck for life. Actually. Oh, you do. Like, you I'd do. be like, okay, I'm I'm not going to do anything else the rest of my life. I ran a country for four or eight years. I'm good. 
Yeah, but you know what? He's still really young yeah, compared to a lot of other presidents. Like a lot of other presidents are like out of office and they're like 75. Mm-hmm. And it's they're like, I'm just going to go <laughs> retire in Florida on a beach. Please mm-hmm. don't bring the crazy. Um, but I think I want to see Obama do something else. Like yeah, it, he's it, got a, he's got uh, some energy left. More referencing this story, though. Uh, it, it, Cards Against Humanity does this kind of stuff all the time. Like they'll mm-hmm. have on, on Black Friday, they'll have an anti-sale where they'll mic- mark their prices up mm-hmm. or sell something that uh, sell nothing for a large amount of money. Or they did a big fundraiser to dig a hole for no reason. Right. So this is right in their wheelhouse. Yes. Uh, over in the chat room, uh, Angel says, I still need to play Cards Against Humanity. You do. And Wynn says, there's a joke in there about black and white cards, but I'll let somebody else make that one. Yeah, let's let that. Pretty we're good. just going to let that one go. Although, you know, Angel, if you haven't played Cards Against Humanity, there are cards online that they release, like special bonus yes. upgrade packs that you can print out. And I mean, we have... Uh, we a have set. a set. We've yet to bust those open. And it's something we could do on our Twitch stream at some point. So if, if people out there have Cards Against Humanity and you want to hop into Google Hangout with oh. us and do a Cards Against Humanity night, we'd be completely down with that. So. You know, I'm okay with that as long as everyone's drinking. So if anyone's interested in that, contact at universebox.com. Hit yes, us up please. and we'll try and plan it. Okay, so let's see. My universe box is uh, there was a, a trailer for mm-hmm. a show that I love uh, coming back in April called The Leftovers, Leftovers Season mm-hmm. 3, First Look. So first of all, apparently everybody grew b- beards for this season. It's the beard season. And, uh, you know, it says the end is near and it's being used in all of the promotion and it's the last season. So I'm wondering if Only three going- seasons? Yeah. I, is this British? No, it's okay. uh, it's uh, by Damon Lindelof, the guy, one of the people oh, behind Lost. I love that I actually know who that is. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's always been designed to be three seasons. Oh, okay. Uh, so I, I'm wondering if they're going to explain the Rapture-esque premise where a quarter of the world's population, you know, disappears overnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it kind of seems like they might be going that way, but they've also explicitly stated that they're not going to do it. So I, I'm wondering why they're building up to all this if they're not going to do it. Right. But seriously, this is a great show. It's on HBO. One of my favorite shows from last year. I actually, I did my nominations for the boxies a little earlier tonight, and this was my pick for best show. Interesting. Uh, so, you know, I just can't wait until April. If you haven't watched <laughs> it, I think there's 20 episodes. You have plenty of time to catch you up on it. You got plenty of time. So, uh, The Leftovers on HBO. And uh, Angel says uh, the Cards Against Humanity would be fun. So let's try and plan it. Let's do it. Okay, so Anne-Marie, what what holidays do we have coming up on Friday, January 27th? Okay, so we actually have some really fun ones. Tomorrow is National Geographic Day, Mm -hmm. Chocolate Cake Day, and International Fun at Work Day. Nice. So what you should do, you you should go out to the break room. (gasps) Grab a piece of the chocolate cake off the table, grab your National Geographic, and sit there and have a lot of fun reading National Ge- Geographic and eating chocolate cake. Not what I was going to say. Okay. I was going to say a cake that is made like a National Geographic, like rock sculpture type of thing uh-huh. at, at work. And like, or maybe like have a chocolate cake building mm-hmm. competition at work to make your best like rock sculpture. But, uh, you know, your No, homework- mine is way more fun. It is. Your homework for suggestibles. Let us know about the most fun time you've ever had at work. And Contact send me at- chocolate cake recipes. Contact at universebox.com or leave a voicemail 424-274-2352. And send me chocolate cake recipes. Okay, so now what are we excited about for this week? We're offering up our recommendations to you, the listeners, in suggestibles. <laughs> 
Okay, Anne-Marie, what's your suggestible? My suggestible is cookbooks, and specifically the Thug Kitchen cookbook. Um, so over the past few weeks, I've been doing my best to <clears throat> cook a little bit more homemade. Side note, language warning with this cookbook. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I just you start feeling like crap and you're like, okay, I got to eat some real food. I got to, I got to try this again. So I've been digging through a lot of my cookbooks cause I have like an entire shelf of them. I do collect them. I just don't always use them. Um, and this has become quickly become one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing about, um, Thug Kitchen is it does contain a lot of language. It's not all blurred out like it is on the cover. <laughs> um, they're blatantly just telling you to do stuff and they're vulgar, but I like it. Um, Let's see. It contains two. It's mostly, I believe it's all vegetarian mm-hmm. with a really heavy focus on like whole grains and low sugar. Um, I think it's pretty minimal dairy too. Like it's really good for yeah. if you have any sort of allergies or tummy <laughs> issues type of stuff. Uh, and even if you aren't vegetarian, I think it's absolutely worth a try because you won't notice that there's no meat. Like the first time I was reading it, because yes, this is the type of cookbook that you can actually like read. Mm-hmm. Um, I was probably three quarters of the way through before I was like, there's no meat. <laughs> and like there was in like the, because there is a dessert section, like I said, it's low sugar, but it was like two tablespoons of sugar and like in the parentheses they're like yes there is sugar it's the dessert section we cannot have a dessert section with no sugar (laughs) so but it was really low so it was but everything everything i've made out of it which i'm probably like made like four or five recipes out of it which for a cookbook is actually pretty good Mm -hmm. um everything's been delicious like so i encourage you to try this we'll have a a link to it an affiliate link to it in the show notes very nice very nice and uh over in the chat room i'll just point out that uh, angel says that they have a cards against humanity clone browser game which might be a little easier so not everyone has to have their own cards oh it just does it online yeah so (gasps) we might do that oh i like that even better yeah okay but let's see my suggestible this week is uh the good place uh now if you remember uh back in one of our earlier episodes we reviewed the pilot uh Mm -hmm. for the good place and i so i figured it would be a nice bit of synchronicity synchronicity uh if we uh reviewed the the last episode so after watching the short run first season i i have to say i'm absolutely in love with the Mm show uh janet the the robot assistant continues to be the standout for me comedically Along with Ted Danson, because he's just, he's dancing, he's great. You know, Ted Danson, while his hair may get white, I'd feel like he hasn't aged in like 30 years. Mm -hmm. He's like the same actor, just with white hair. Now, a couple of mild spoilers here. So uh, if you, you might want to skip ahead a little bit if you haven't watched the finale or Mm -hmm. you care. Uh, But while I called the twist at the end of the, the finale... Uh, after watching the Jason Mendoza episode, it still surprised me that they actually did it. Yes, it, it surprised me that I was right. I was like, I was kind of calling it, oh, I could see it going this way, but it, they won't go that way because that's mm-hmm. too smart for network TV. But no, that's exactly where they went. I I, I, I love that season two is basically mm-hmm. going to be a hard reset on the concept and go Mostly. in a whole different. Well, it's going to be like an alternate universe version of the of the first season, right. I think, which will be a lot of fun. I also think that the concept of the middle place uh, that they introduced in the next to last episode has a lot more to do with the story than we know about right now. Mm-hmm. And I also think that the big twist might not be the whole story. I, I think there is that even though we had the Ted Danson flashback that kind of confirmed the mm-hmm. big twist. I kind of think there might be something more going on than meets the eye. And the fact that we haven't seen the actual good place yet really makes me think that. So 
end of this line, watch this show. It's funny, thought-provoking, and mm-hmm. visually amazing. Mm-hmm. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Do you have a, a quick 10 seconds or so a on? A quick 10 seconds. Well, um, Angel is saying she's trying to find a way to watch it. I am on the NBC website, and you should be able to watch it there. Nice. Um, it was fantastic. It was absolutely wonderful. Uh, Metapod. Um, <laughs> it just, you know... I just wasn't sure I was going to like it, but we kept watching it and watching it, and it just got better and better every week. Definitely. And it's one of those shows, it ends where you think it's just going to go into another hour or Mm -hmm. half hour, because it's only a half hour, right? Yeah, one of the things is the cliffhangers, they feel feel like they're ending ending mid-scene. Like, mm-hmm. you know, normally, uh, what mm-hmm. would be the tease for the commercial break? That's the end of the episode. And it always leaves you like, oh, I just want more. Exactly. But exactly. Good place. Good stuff. <laughs> okay. Uh, so now we can't wait to hear your blathering. Let's hear what our listeners have to say in Blather Strike. Insert crickets here. No blather skypes. No blather skypes. No reviews. No voicemails. No letters. No comments. Your homework. Let us know about the most fun day you ever had at work or send me a chocolate cake recipe or give us your review of The Good Place. Uh, we'd accept any of those. Contact at Universe. I will accept anything. Any feedback you want to give us. Like, I feel like I'm talking to a void. Oh, no, it's fine. We're talking to the contact at universebox.com at universe underscore box, facebook.com slash groups slash universe box show. Mm-hmm. And the voicemail number is 424 274 2352. Again, that's 424 274 2352. So we want to thank you guys for joining us again. Thursday, 8.30 p.m. EST, live.universebox.com or twitch.tv slash universebox. Remember to go to bit.ly slash ubawards to put in your nominations for the boxies. Now it's time for some takeaways. Uh, as we do at the end of every episode, I feel like I should a join few in takeaways. On these. <clears throat> no, I, th- I think it's just going to be sort of... Oh, fine. Okay. So who can turn the world on with her smile? Who can take a nothing day and suddenly make it all seem worthwhile. Well, it's you, girl, and you should know it, which each, each glance and every little movement you show it. Love is all around, no need to waste it. You can have the town, why don't you take it? You're gonna make You're it after gonna all. You're gonna make it after all. Do, 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 do. <laughs> okay, I Marie, a hat. where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at amdsimone or check out my blog, crunchycrafty.com. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Bill Meeks. You can follow all of the stuff we do over at universebox.com. And you can follow my wig because it flew over that way. Uh, But I think that about wraps it up for this week's episode of Universe Box. Also, our longest episode of this version of Universe Box ever at an hour and 10 minutes. So awesome. Uh, I guess that's about it. So, you know, until next time. Remember remember to to think think outside. outside.